This is Braun Strowman, the monster among men. And you're listening to the Bob Culture Podcast with your host, All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very special episode of the BCP. And good brother, I am excited for this one because this is a guy like we've had our eye on for a long time. You know, usually we have the superstars, you know, we have the goddesses. But, you know, there's always that third person in the match, you know, and a very important person. And this guy stood out to me for a, a long time. He is not a zebra. He is a white tiger. Please welcome to the show our good friend, Mr. Nick Shin. What's up, Nick? How are you, bro? Hey, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? Dude, doing the best <laughs> we can, man. Still kicking out at, you know, two and a half in 2020. How about you, bro? I'm still trying, man. I just haven't gotten the whole kicking out thing, but I got the three counts down. So that's what counts. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And and the reason we want to have you, Nick, um, first and foremost, uh, you gave me some great advice last uh, or two Saturdays ago at Goddesses, uh, which I very much appreciate. Uh, it was my first time on commentary. You know, obviously we do the journalist thing here on the BCP. Um, so to get that tap on the shoulder, to be part of the family, to be part of the team. Um, I was asking Mr. King for advice. You chimed in. Uh, Anthony Bennett chimed in. It was really cool, man. And, and I very much appreciate that. But, um, you know, we've always watched you in your matches, man, and you really add, like, another degree to the match, man, whether you're running away from a wrestler, whether Holiday is, is – or, I'm sorry, Christina Marie is beating you up, whatever it is. Um, what's your philosophy, bro? Uh, it's real. That's literally all it is. What would I do in this situation if Holiday, a crazy, crazy big woman, was trying to kill me? Christina Marie, she's – heck of stronger than me more muscles than i have she puts her feet on your throat what are you going to do you going to choke and die <laughs> it's like you gotta just people say with wrestling it's sometimes not common sense and it's like the oddities that work but if you just react like realistically and just work in common sense then everything else will follow Everything that I do, and I make sure that if I can believe it, then everybody watching has no choice but to believe it too. Very, very well said. Yeah, man. And you definitely stand out. Like you're our, now. To be fair, Ryan T is also our guy. So shout to Ryan T. But uh, you're our guy too, man. And you know, talking to you uh, before the show, and I hope this isn't like pulling the curtain back too far. But you were talking about, you know, like because um, I was asking you this earlier, like. You're talking about like using every part of your body or so I forget how you explained it, man, but what's your philosophy there? Uh, it's literally every at every point in the match, there's always somebody watching you at every single angle. So no matter what you're doing, every single body part has to mean something. I could be talking to somebody, I could just be looking at them in the middle of the match. Hey, don't do that. Hey, he's he's breaking the rules. Hey, you stop that. Or I could actually be in there using different hand signs, hand motions. Hey, you're doing the wrong thing. Hey, stop it. Two, three, like throwing them up loud, making myself look like I'm bigger than I am or smaller than I am to push whatever story is being told in the ring because you don't know where somebody's watching. You don't know who they, how they can see. You don't know who's sitting in front of them. There might be some 300 pound person sitting in front of a little kid in the middle of a match. You might not know what's going on, but that little kid wants to be able to see it. They're not going to hear it. They're not going to be able to tell. All they're going to see is or hear me screaming two, three, or looking like, oh, he just got hit. Oh, something happened to him. Or if I could just stand in the corner and just be like, oh, he just did a 450. Oh, he hit him. What a moonsault. It's going to take away from that reaction that the fans are going to give as well as the kids are going to have. 
because they're really just going based off of I see him reacting. I'm allowed to react now. Yeah, I, I dig it, man. And just like last question for me as far as just like philosophy, uh, your dot, you know, you talk about like, you know, reacting all different, using different parts, your body, your arms, exclaiming stuff. I want to talk to you about your banter with the wrestlers because I think not a lot of refs have that, man. You have a very good like dialogue with them. What's your thought behind that? Uh, the trick is you guys never know exactly what I'm saying to the wrestlers. And if I was, then I would have been fired, spoken out on oh, all boy. kinds. <laughs> oh boy it's like i it's weird but i double talk in the ring so you guys will hear a man but the wrestlers will hear another one and depending on who i'm doing a match with i won't even say anything about the match i'll just be trying to make them laugh or bust out uh let's see a good example you guys saw the I'll, I'll bring back the curtain a little bit on two guys whose curtains have been brought back for years already. Uh, you remember Tommy Moose and Magic? Yeah, I remember that match, sure. Yeah, so the whole match, I didn't know what was going on. My whole goal for the match was just pop Tommy Moose. And yeah. It was all I wanted to do. And at, at, towards the beginning of it, we started talking and jabbering. We got into the match. Nobody could tell the difference because I'm just in his face Hey, what are you doing? Yada, yada, yada. Boy, you're pretty ugly. Hey, you're pretty ugly, too. Just random things in the middle of there, but you'll never know because I look like I'm doing my job, and I really am. I'm making sure he doesn't do anything illegal, but it's a camaraderie that just helps build and push the story because when I can be able to do that in the ring with you and you can do that and just talk back with me, it makes it so much easier for us to just be able to tell the story that we want to because we're all on the same page. And we understand, yeah, we're playing, but we have a main goal, which is to put everything over and make it look amazing. Very well said, man. And I do remember that match. I think that was Furious Attentions in Jackson because I reviewed that one. And I remember specifically saying the banter in that match, also the dancing, uh, was very, very good. So that was a fun one. What do you got, Nooner? Um, so to rewind it back a little bit, we always like to hear um, every guest's origin story. So were you a fan growing up as far as wrestling? You know, how did you get into wrestling? And also, too, how did you become a referee? Yeah. Okay, so a bunch of stories and answers there. Uh, when I was about seven or eight years old, I was in the Garden State Plaza with my mom. And we were walking through the stores regularly. And there was just this table lined up by where Macy's was around where they used to have a, uh, I think it was a little Ferris wheel in the middle of the, of the mall. So I go there and I look. And there's this long line, and there's just this big, big, tall guy, like the tallest person I've ever seen in my life. I'm seven years old at this point, so you could legitimately say that as a seven-year-old and be like, wow, that's the tallest person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. And it was Kane, and he was just like in his gear and everything, and he was just doing like a, it was early 90s, so I guess back then, Nowadays, you have to pay for every meet and greet, but it was just like, a, hey, you stand online, you go shake his hand, and then you just walk away. Like, it was cool. So I was like, hey, mom, that guy's really tall. I want to go meet him. So we waited in the line, and I wasn't really, like, I knew what wrestling was, but I wasn't a fan of it. So then I got up to him, and I was going to shake his hand, and then I didn't because I was scared poopless. <laughs> <laughs> 
So then afterwards, I got home and everything. And my mom was like, nah, you ain't me waiting that line that whole time. We go watch the wrestling tonight. So then I started watching and I hadn't wow. turned back since. Uh, then let's say about the year 2015, uh, I'm going and just looking and I'm like watching wrestling and I'm like, I can do this. I could definitely take some people that I see on TV. I know I could whip his ass, her ass, his yeah. ass, her ass. Like, I could do that. So I'm going to find a way to get into it. And then in 2015, I tricked my girl into going to a show, a wrestling event with me locally. Nice. <laughs> I was like, yo, we're going to go somewhere, go out nice. She got all dressed. And in my mind, I was like, uh, she's too nice for this. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. I, I love went. it. We were like, yo, this is pretty cool. And as I was watching the show, I was like, yeah, I know I could do this. I could whip every single guy in the ring's ass. So <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Soon as the show is over, I walked up to the guy who was running the show, Kevin Knight. And I was like, hey, I want to join your school. I like what I see. And he was like, yeah. Uh, and then he gave the date and time to be there. And. I think he was told me like a bunch of people came from the show after and wanted to join, but not very many actually came the next day and was like, hey, I'm here for class. And from there on, I just started doing everything I could to just become the greatest wrestler alive. And things totally did not work out because now I'm a ref. <laughs> so I did the wrestling thing for about two and a half years. I uh, just did the whole running the little independent thingy with the IWF and just trying to learn and perfect the craft. Uh, I never got to be one of those wrestlers who did all the flippies and all that stuff, but I was raised on more of an old school style. So okay. if you ever, I'm sure you guys go to the Titan show. So you've seen Sean Donovan, yeah, Sean five old school original teachers at IWF. So pretty much the way that he wrestles and just, talks and banters with the crowd and doesn't do any of the fancy dives and flips and all that, but the simple moves make it look like it's a hundred times more important. That's pretty much the same way I was raised to wrestle. So it's the simple things like that, that when I finally translated to refing, it's easy to do. Cause when I started out, I wasn't allowed to wrestle yet. We did everything super old school. So you start out, you have to be a referee for the first couple months in the ring. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how good you look. You're the referee. I did that. I finally became a wrestler. Uh, I wrestled for a while there. Uh, the day that I won the junior heavyweight championship for the IWF, we also had a seminar with Dr. Tom Pritchard, and I took a headlock takeover from some kid in the class. And then I did not don't remember anything from the next week or two afterwards oh gosh wow uh then i had vertigo uh the vertigo kept for like two months so i would wake up and things would be spinning i would feel like i was drunk but i don't drink so yeah consistent drunkenness everything's spinning on you constant headaches random throwing up but i just wow. knew like i needed to get back in the ring because i wasn't happy so from then, I went and tried to get back into, like, slight wrestling, just doing tag matches, simple tag in, heel move, throw a little elbow and stuff, tag myself out, jabber with the fans and all that. Then afterwards, I found a love for managing, so I did management for a while. Then after that, I did the background, the announcing and all of that, then the commentary. And oh, okay. 
and I went back to refereeing and I was like, all right, as a referee, I could just be in everywhere and do everything and it really doesn't matter. But at the same time, I was still wrestling and all that. But then out of nowhere, the IWF school closed down. Uh, and then I was just stuck. Like, I don't have the same physical aspect as to be a, like idea to be a wrestler, but I learned every single other aspect of the sport. So I know that I can hit every point that I want to. So then after that, uh, one of my friends called me from Pro Wrestling Magic. Uh, and then I started refing there. From there, a person saw me who you, uh, was a, a hog wrestler, and he sent me to hog, and I started refing there. From there, uh, I moved on to Catalyst Wrestling from a guy who worked at hog. And then from there, uh, I met a guy from Catalyst that works at Titan who then told me to try out Titan. And it just keeps going on and on and on. Like, I've just done a bunch of shows now and just been everywhere more so as a ref than I ever would as a wrestler. But I realized along the way that it's not the idea of wrestling that makes me want it. It's the idea of being in that ring and just having that fan control and that ability to just tell those stories and to make everybody feel exactly what I want them to feel at that moment. Very, very interesting. Oh, no, that's great, man. Uh, very, very well said, man. And uh, my next question, I was actually going to ask you, like, how you got your start with Titan. Um, but you, you mentioned you did, like, a trial with them. Do refs, this might be a silly question, refs have to try out? Like, that's a thing? Uh, no, no, it wasn't a tryout. What it oh. was, my friends had hit me up and was like, hey, we, we're going to need some refs there. Uh, my friend Alfred was one of the referees for Titan, and then he'd come down with the COVID and everything. And I was like, oh. hey, you, uh, you mind if I take that spot from you? Because the thing is with refereeing, once you gain your spot, it's like a place that you consistently come back. It's not like wrestlers where it's like, oh, I hope I'll be booked on the next show. I hope they need oh, me. Wow. I'm going to need a referee. And if I have a referee I like, then I'm going to consistently bring it back. Like since the first, I think the drive-in one was the first show that I did on Titan. They happily brought me back each time because they understand that I know how to do my job and their wrestlers love working with me. So it just makes sense to just put all of that together and just allow people to happily bring back the people that they want to work with, who they know will push exactly what they want, the time constraints they need. Yeah, that's super interesting, man. And you say you've been in all these roles. You say you're a wrestler. I can't imagine you being a heel, man, but I bet that was a lot of fun. Um, you Google it. There's uh, news articles. I uh, was in the record, uh, the Suburbanite, just random things about just me. Being the nicest heel in the world. Exactly. <laughs> I would play the whole, my, my gimmick was that I was the heel and I was dastardly and evil, but I loved playing the clown heel. So I would put myself in stupid situations, make myself look dumber because I didn't care if I looked dumb. Like, why do I care if I look great or not? It's wrestling. I understand that. I feel like the realest wrestlers, when they start an understanding that it's not about me, it's about what I could do to make the fans go home the happiest. I'm not going to send you home the happiest if I'm the one winning the match, but I know I could send you home happy if it's just all on me, just deciding how stupid I'm going to look towards the end of it. Like, I can do that. That's great. Beat me up. I will put you in the best position to make sure that you look amazing while beating me up and make sure we hit all the things because that's what I'm good at. <laughs> 
awesome, man. And you hit this right on the head. You know, I want to be respectful. We're not like hard hitting questions, but sometimes you don't want to notice the referee, like, uh, you know, like uh, if you have like Stone Cold versus The Rock or something like that. So, how do you kind of toe that line in certain situations? Uh, it depends on the match that I have, it depends on the opponents. Sometimes I don't want to, I want to sit back towards the back, and sometimes I need to like push myself and like go even harder and have even more emotion and talk even louder because the wrestlers just might not be doing it. And it's something that like, I could be like, all right, you'll go to the crowd or something, or hey, you'll just hit them harder or something. But if I see that that's consistently not happening, I might just call for a match early just because, hey, I could tell the crowd isn't happy, which means the guys in the back aren't going to be happy, which means the business in the back ain't going to be happy. So, yo, just get this quickly because it ain't going any worse. It's not going to get any better. It's just going to get worse. Or I might just, like, see something going on and I might just act even harder just because, hey, he just took a hard hit to the head and stuff. He's not thinking right. I... I'm just talking even louder so that way he could just another person could just talk and tell them what the hell they're supposed to be doing because their brain is trying to reset (laughs) it's like you need to be seen sometimes you don't need to be seen sometimes but it really just depends on situations who's wrestling who what's the point of the match and what what you're trying to get out of it yeah very, very well said, man. And, you know, just to be real here, and this is not a knock by any means, I'm so appreciative by, you know, to Titan and, and everybody. But, you know, as we see like, things happen, man, you know, especially in this business, man, what's it like for you being a referee, like, you know, um, where you have to make tough calls or call for the quick finish? Um, like, how important is everyone's health and safety to you? It's a, it's a half and half with me because... I was raised in the school of you get hurt in it, you just keep on going until the match ends. But at the same time, everybody everybody isn't like that, and it's also not a good mindset to have. Like, it's a good mindset, but it's not good. Because, for instance, me, when I won my first championship, I could watch the match and tell you I have no clue what was going on that whole time. I could I would look and I see I'm on autopilot. It's extremely dangerous. I could have just passed out any moment because I had such a bad concussion, but who cares? I didn't care. I just knew I had to wrestle. Injuries happen all the time, but it really just it ends up leaning on the wrestler, like, what do you want me to do with it? Because let's say I do say, Oh nah, I want to end this one, and then you're gonna go to the back and you're just gonna be mad at me. Like, why'd I stop it? Uh, at the past goddesses show, we had uh, we had towards the end of it. I had, think uh, forget was it Casey? I forget her name, but girl took a a bump on the head that was pretty bad towards the end. She got injured, but she still wanted to keep working towards that finish. Layla Hirsch, her ar- arm popped out, then her arm popped back in, but she was still sore. But she wasn't sore. It's a matter of hey, what do you want to do? And at that point, we just wait and see what the wrestler wants to do, because I could say all I want, but if I could see you're in physical enough shape to respond to me, I got to leave that up to you unless the boys are telling me in my ear, like, nah, send it home. It's done. 
Wow, that's very interesting, man. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to hear that stuff. Like, like you said, like you had to make that call. You know, I remember uh, Layla specifically, like she was legit, like apologizing to the crowd as she was going back. Like, you would tell that she wanted so bad to finish that match. Sure enough, I don't know if she popped something back in and came and finished. But um, you know, you, you, you want to probably wouldn't, but Layla's scary. Like she's she's really short and all, but she's like she's like Ivan Drago. That's what. She, She's Ivan Drago, so it was like, I hurt. I know it's no more. <laughs> well, nobody yeah. was expecting that, but we were like, nah, you got some dope stuff coming up. You got to finish this quickly. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You have some dope stuff coming up is exactly the right answer. Yeah. And, and congrats not, to her picture. Not to say it's not worth it, because it's always worth it to give your all for the fans, but if you have something like she had coming up, no, it's not worth it. You will save your body. You go on TV and you kick ass. <laughs> Do what's yeah. right, what's best for you. You go on TV against uh, the likes of like Ashita, the AEW Women's Champion, that Tuesday. So big shout to our yeah, friend exactly, uh, yeah. Layla. Absolutely, man. Um, so again, like I, I love the, this TCW family. Uh, everyone's like embraced me now that I'm on the other side of it. You know, I, I always try to be professional as a journalist, but we're major marks over here. So I always have to toe that line. And now kind of being in the commentary booth again, I thank you uh, again for, you know, the advice, man, that really meant a lot to me. Um, but it was really fun. I had a good time doing it. And you mentioned you've done the manager thing. You've done the commentary. Um, have you done ring announcing? Yep. There's really no situation in the ring that I haven't done. Like, wow. not so cocky, but it doesn't mean I'm good at all of it, but I know how to do everything. I know how, if I was thrown into the positions, I have it all in my bag. My gear bag consists of me having two sets of my ref gear. I always have wrestling gear. I always have manager gear, which I could also switch out for ring announcing and commentary if I need it. It's just a matter of be prepared for everything and everything at any time. Wow, man. I'll write that down. That's that's very well said, man. Um, and I, I love it, dude. So you've landed in that ref position. Do you have any other goals? Like, like do refs have goals? Like in terms of like, is there a certain match you'd want to ref or do you want to go back to being a manager? Do you want to be like a ref manager? Like what's kind of like your goal? Uh, honestly, I just want to take over the whole refereeing game. Managing wise, I just I liked it, but I'm not in the ring as much. You get one or two matches. If you're a great manager, you can get yourself a stable of like three to four heads. That's three to four matches or I can get like four to five out of it being a referee doing an announcing position. If I was just doing the announcer and all that, I'm just sitting there not doing anything physical. So knowing me, I'll probably fall asleep. Same thing with commentary. Like <laughs> I can't. I can't be around the wrestling and not actually be doing something that I feel like it's physically pushing me to make me want to do this. So knowing that I'm in that ring as the referee with all that control, all that power, it just keeps me wanting to do more. So my goal with this would just be to literally be the best referee out there. Like I look at other refs and I look at their matches and I consistently think to myself, like, all right, I could do better. I go to other shows. Whenever I go to a show for the first time, I'll always ask them if they don't mind, like, hey, can I referee after your other referees just to see how they how they work their show? I'll tell the boss that or the booker that, but 
in reality, I just want to see if y'all are worth it or how hard I got to go to make sure that I'm better than each of you on this show. Like I tell people I'm a white tiger among zebras. It sounds good, but nah, I'm a white tiger and y'all are zebras. That means I'm ready to kill you at any point to make sure that I look the best, the strongest, and the coolest because I'm going to be the best referee out there. I don't care about, like, some people are like, oh, it's about the camaraderie or we all want to be brothers or we all want to make all the other referees have to look good. No, if you can't make yourself look good, you can't make yourself look good. I've been to a bunch of shows where they start saying, boo, this ref sucks. We want Shin. He ain't Shin. And all I'm doing sitting in the back is just laughing because I'm like, yeah, it's true. It's simple to be good. All you need to do is study, work hard on this repping, talk loud, make it look like it matters. But people just want to take it for granted. They take the opportunity to get in the ring to just sit there and just stand in a corner or, oh, I get to be near my favorite stars or, oh, I wrote this match, so I booked it, so I don't really need to care about it. I could just stand here and be boring while it happens like it's not it's not good (laughs) people need to care about this stuff in order for it to be as dope as they want it to be and i just don't feel like a lot of refs have that so the goal is to literally become the best referee out there and get seen and get put on all these main stages not because i kissed this guy's ass and i liked all these facebook statuses and i went on every post and told him how cute his kids were and how great they were because i really don't care and i'm sure most of the wrestlers that do that on every booker status really don't either but they just want to get these spots if i'm not going to get the spot based off my hard work don't hard work don't give it to me <laughs> i love that uh competitive spirit you could tell that you were an in-ring competitor like yeah like at first i can tell that man um i, I love the confidence man i love the real talk um, and that's why you're here, man. Like you, you definitely caught our attention in, in all these matches. So the, you know, like we say, the white tiger among zebras, man. Now it is again, like not to be cliche here, but we have to ask: Is the goal? You know, like we ask everyone: Is it AEW? Is it WWE? Is it to get a contract? Is it to make a living on the indies, man? What What's the mindset? Uh, I actually would love to be for AEW just because it's odd. All my friends are over there. Uh, I want to be the first black ref on AEW. For some reason, they just don't seem to have one, and it just confuses me. But I feel like if I say it too much, somebody else is going to get the spot, so who knows? Uh, the WWE thing, it it was a goal for a while, but it seemed like it was too easily accessible at some point. Mm. If that makes any sense, like, all my friends who did the evolved tryouts and all that when they were doing them for the referee position, the guys who they would have come in would always work the shows and all that. And I just look at it and it just didn't seem like something I'll referee a different style than a lot of people would like. It's not the WWE style. It's more mm-hmm. so my own style where I incorporate just my own reactions and things like that to it. But the WWE style, it's more so straight-laced. And, of course, they have the guys who do what they want to do and just give in that reaction and emotion. But at the level I will be joining, because I don't have the, per se, written experience in a resume, I would probably be joining in the young boy phase of a ref, which is, hey, I stand there in that corner and I act exactly as you want me to. I don't want to do that anymore. 
I want to make it out my own way and I want to show everybody exactly what I can do. Like there's a different way that I referee compared to other people. And I feel like my way works better. Wrestlers tell me that it makes it easier for them to do so. Why not find a way to make it a living off of how I do it? Of course, I want to get signed, but I want to get signed the right way into doing something that I enjoy at the same time without having to kiss ass. And like I said, be all over the posts and be like, I did this and I'm friends with him and I'm friends with her. I don't want my friendships to get me signed. I want my hard work and effort to get me signed. Absolutely, man. And thank you again for keeping it real, man. And obviously, best of luck to you uh, moving forward. I, last question for me, man. I just wanted to ask, um, you mentioned, you know, meeting Kane and, you know, I love Kane. That's my dude. Uh, so kind of jealous over here. But who, who else were like your guys when you, when you were a kid or when you started watching, I should say? Uh, I always loved the Dudley boys. Uh, I love tag team wrestling. Like, nice. I love tag team wrestling. My favorite thing to ref is great tag matches. And then two years ago, I got finally got to ref Bubba Ray, which was amazing. He had uh, dislocated my jaw in the match, which is like the best thing ever. <laughs> wow, that's a very Bubba Ray thing, yeah. It was like a, it was it was all on accident, but it was like a duck, duck the clothesline, take the back elbow, ref takes the bump, and all that. He just followed through with the elbow too hard, and I was like, all right. I dropped it. I was like laying there and I was like, yo, I just got my jaw jacked. <laughs> then he comes over and he's like checking me, shaking me, like trying to get the ref awake and all that. And he's just there. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, I jaw, I jaw, dying. <laughs> he's like, are you okay though? I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> he just dropped me, went, took the move and everything. And then it was great because it was one of those false finishes where it's like he gets the win, but then I get up and I have to get in his face and disqualify him because he hit me. And I'm doing all that like, no, you hit me. You're out of here while I'm like, oh, I actually am holding up my jaw. <laughs> I got to lock my jaw in a place. It's amazing. Oh <laughs> nice working with you, Mr. Dudley. I appreciate it. Nunez, what do you got, bro? Um, and to... Uh, bring it back home. Uh, what advice do you have for any up and coming, you know, man, woman that is trying to get into business, whether it's being a wrestler, commentator, you know, referee, what advice do you have for somebody that's just breaking in or that's trying to break in? Uh, if you're just breaking in, I would say learn to enjoy the taste of shit. Wow. You're going to be paid. You're not going to make anything off of it. You're not going to get the love you want. You're not going to get the followers. You're not going to be booked over. You're not going to win. You're probably not going to get the belts. And if you have that mindset, everything else will fall into place. Look at it as the stupidest idea that you have ever made in your life. Expect to waste tons of money. Expect to lose tons of money. But at the same time, if you have all of that in your head and you still say, nah, this is what I want to do, then you know that it's for you. Then go and give it your all. There's a lot of people like every wrestling school, there's always a thing like, yeah, we have great turnout on our little open house thingies. And then people come in and it's like, oh, we're doing great. We're doing amazing. A couple months later, they quit. 
because wrestling hurts. If you're going to be trying to be a wrestler, expect to be hurt. Don't be a wimp about it. It's going to hurt. It's nothing's going to be nice. And if somebody's really nice and tells you it's going to be nice, they're lying. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, very well said. A lot of real yeah, talk, man. Yeah. We, we really appreciate the honesty, man. Um, you know, we appreciate your experience. Again, I appreciate you, uh, uh, you know, with the nice conversation we had on Saturday, man. And uh, just, you know, keep on keeping on, man. Uh, you know, thanks for a few minutes of your time. Oh, and before I forget, the most important thing here on the BCP, let's get that shameless promo out of the way. Um, you know, Nick, where can everyone follow you on social media? And do you have any merch? I think you might have merch. Uh, yeah, you could actually get my merch at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Nick Shen. Uh, you'll see the White Tiger Among Zebras black and white shirt with the uh, White Tiger logo. You'll also see the White Tiger Among Zebras, the light blue shirt that also has the White Tiger logo with the little zebras in the eyes because that just made me feel all fancy when I was sitting making it. Nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, you can follow me on all social media sites at Nick double underscore Shen. That's Nick underscore underscore Shen. And other than that, if you follow me on Instagram, I, towards the beginning of the month, I always post my sh monthly shows all on my highlights. So you'll be able to see where you'll be able to find me at. And to any other referees watching, just know that I don't only believe that I'm better than you. I know that I'm better than you. And I promise you one day I will be able to show you whenever we share a ring. It's not a joke. It's not a game. White tiger among zebras. I'm here to kill all of you. Just wanted to say that. What? Nice. Well said, man. Mic drop right there. Hey, Nick, thanks again for a few minutes, man. Right, we appreciate, appreciate everything. It. And we will see you at Mount Olympus. Yes, sir. I'll be there. Can't wait, man. It's going to be uh, awesome, man. And stay safe, dude. Thanks again for a few minutes. And like we always say here on the BCP, everyone, stay safe, stay positive, take care of each other. We are out. Peace.